There's a really basic principle, whether whatever industry, whatever business you're looking to run or start or in, you need a business plan. When I got into real estate, as soon as I made the decision that I wanted to do it, I wrote a business plan. Once I do the business plan, now it kind of solidifies my decision. Welcome to One on One with the One and Only, brought to you by Nitty in the City. On this episode, I sit down for an in-depth conversation about real estate, entrepreneurship, and DJing as I go one-on-one with the one and only Icon DJ Amaze. We find out how this man of many hats and talents to boot made the transition from achieving a degree in biology to becoming a successful realtor and DJ alike. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I present to you one-on-one with the one and only Icon DJ Amaze. Alright y'all, what's going on? It's your boy OG Nitty and you're now locked in with one-on-one with the one and only. And on today's episode, this week's episode, we're going one-on-one with the one and only icon DJ Amaze. That's right, you got to say it just like that. You got to say it with that kind of fervor. Ooh, schoolwork. Fervor, if you will. But um, yeah, this man, I've known him since, dang, 1997 actually. Wow. <laughs> it's been a long time. Wow. And I've seen a lot of uh, progression in his life. Um, so we're going to talk about our progression. We've got a lot of things to touch on. So first of all, without further ado, welcome, Thank Icon you. DJ Maze. Thank you, bro. Thank How you me. doing today, man? I'm great. Great. Thanks for having me on the show. Shout out to everybody listening and uh, supporting. No doubt. So now, of course, you know, well, it's in the title, Icon DJ. So clearly, <laughs> DJ is one of your trades, but it doesn't stop there. There's a real estate. There's all kinds of things. We're going to touch on those, but... And I could go on and on about who you are, but everybody likes to hear it from the source's mouth. So I'm going to ask you, like everybody else who sits across this table from me, let the world know, who is DJ, Icon DJ Mays? That's it's, it's hard to talk about yourself, especially <laughs> for me. Um, I, I, I'm one that kind of, I like my actions to speak louder than what I could ever say. But yeah, I'm a DJ for, you know, a little while. I've been doing it a little bit. Uh, I dabble in music and have... Um, original music that's out right now uh and i'm also a licensed delaware real estate agent no doubt now you were raised in delaware i was born in philly Mm -hmm. raised in delaware i can say that yeah okay cool and of course you know shout out to the blue hen nation this guy's a a, a fellow blue hen up here got his degree in biology that means that's a sharp guy right there Uh, if you've ever taken a, if you've ever even just taken a biology class, you don't even have to be a major. <laughs> if you took a class beyond the intro, you knew biology is something real. Matter Stay of fact, away from genetics. <laughs> it was uh, not a good class. A, a lot of your uh, <laughs> medical doctors, they started off as biology majors before med school and all of that stuff. So straight up, first I got to ask you, tell us about your road. How did you go from biology degree having hmm. to real estate agent, licensed Delaware realtor? Because like you said, I don't, I don't see where genetics really plays a part in selling houses. <laughs> Man, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Um, it really boils down to your plan. Uh, I can comfortably say this now. I'm, I've been an adult for some time. <laughs> Biology was never the plan. Biology was the contingency plan. It was the backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always kind of wanted to do music and entrepreneurship. And every opportunity uh, that I had to, to do that, I, I, I just took advantage of it. I gravitated towards it. So uh, it, it was just really, real estate was just in my plan. It was kind of mm-hmm. something I wanted to do. I, I see the importance of us, uh, you know, creating generational wealth that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the history of real estate, 
you can just see where you know certain minority groups were deselected to even take advantage of early real estate trends i'm talking mm. about buying into inner cities when they were first being built after world war ii and things like that a lot of african-american people were you know we, we were segregated against and generationally it it, 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 it kind of lends to where we are now it's not all you know 100 percent the reason but it, it is a huge chunk and, and and gives some insight as to why we as a people spend the most economically but mm. don't have right you know and you know it's funny you should mention that gr part because i was i recently as recently as like a week ago i want to say i was reading this write-up on how the gi bill didn't do what it was supposed to do for black people. Hmm. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask because it did what it was supposed to do, depending on, you know. But essentially, when troops came home, they had this, you know, promise of the GI Bill. A lot of them used that to get a housing, to get schooling, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They said the white soldiers, they were getting all of that, and all these Jews were coming. The black soldiers, they weren't getting that job. Uh, that dream fulfilled, whether it be the banks just were not giving them the, these low interest loans that. They said they could go these guaranteed loans and accept they could get this or you know in red line it became a serious issue and things of that nature mm-hmm. so and you touched on it and it's something you know somebody who i'm close with has said to me before it's like you know when you look at the i guess quote unquote the wealth structure if you will mm-hmm. uh, which can tie to the power structure he said in america is based on what real estate it really says is. land ownership or ownership period so even when you think back to like the three-fifths compromise you know and i guess deciding how to um working on the electoral uh college system voting system mm-hmm. and they said that's why the people with the most land and slaves they got the most votes because when slaves became three-fifths of a person or every time a person that master that, that much more slaves mm-hmm. because they had that much more ownership they had that much more power to you know put people in office so as you say that you know you get into real estate because a lot of people, first of all a lot of people come into real estate okay I feel like I could get the bag. I feel like there's a lot of money to be made in real estate there as is. an agent. <laughs> there is. And usually that's kind of where it stops for them. I yep. mean, outside of maybe they just have a passion for sales. Mm-hmm. But you saying something that I have personally never heard of, and I'm thinking a lot of my listeners never heard, is that you know you came in with that mindset of you would like to see us have more ownership of things. Mm-hmm. Or you'd like to see us come up. So what drove dj mays to get to that mindset of you know what this is more than just a money grab for me this is also about impacting my community and doing for something for my people to rise up some if you will yeah and just to 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 give a definition for me my people are, is anyone who wants to progress advance uh move from the current situation they mm-hmm. are to vibrate to a higher level that's my people okay so, you know, and when folks come to me, you know, they may be first time home buyers or they may have to sell their parents' house or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's a teachable moment because I want to give them all the options available mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the potential repercussions or outcomes of, of the options that they would choose. Uh, I, I think it's important for us. And this is one thing I want to say to the folks at home, if, 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 if you are looking and interested and accruing or creating generational wealth don't sell grandmom's house i was just about to say i saw this <laughs> don't sell meme going house. viral recently yeah that's you see it all <clears> over <throat> the mains and the reason being there are the inventory of homes is low so what happens when you're when your inventory is low your demand becomes higher mm-hmm. people want it because there's not as much of it okay so now it's driving up not only the demand for homes but the value of homes if you can wait through that 
keep your value, you are starting on the steps of creating generational wealth. These investors will come in, remodel grandmom's house, flip it for double or triple, and continue to do that through our neighborhood, sell it back to, to us, mm -hmm. sell it back to community members. And what, what have you really benefited from? Yeah, maybe you made the value of the home, but someone else has come and improved your home and doubled the value. So did you really invest? Did you really create money? So the idea is keep the value within your family. Get at least one income producing property as well as owning a home of your own. And, and if you look at it, like if we look at our grandparents or our great grandparents, you know, they were building the beaches in the 40s and 50s. You could get a house on the beach for five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That house right now is worth two million dollars. Right. I know a few brownstones in Brooklyn could tell you a Same similar thing. story. <laughs> Same thing. And we like you said, we never uh, African-Americans, never minorities, never really had that opportunity to even buy in, nor were we educated or financially literate. Uh, you know enough at that time i don't know about your parents but my parents didn't necessarily teach me financial literacy like if i talk to uh jewish parents my friends right. who are jewish or, or white or mm. asian or indian or african mm. my parents didn't do it and that's not a knock on my parents i was brought up really well but the thing is they didn't have mm. that same financial literacy now they learned and they moved from being lower middle class to you know, upper middle class or whatever you want to call it, just from life lessons and, and, and educating right. themselves. But my grandparents didn't tell them, so they didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. So we it's a lot of trends we reverse. And, and like you said, real estate is the key to that. So for me to see and, and help people, you know, buy a home or buy an investment property and, and get on their way, not only am I learning, but I'm also, I feel like I'm helping. I'm okay. helping. So two things. First of all, before we get too uh, lost into the conversation, if people did want to reach out to you for your services or your mm -hmm. expertise or what have you, how can they go about doing that? Um, well, I, I, hey, I'm a realtor. A lot of old school realtors are out there. I'm on Instagram, Dave mm -hmm. Mays Realtor. I'm on... Uh, That's M-A-Y-S. Yeah, Dave, D-A-V-E-M-A-Y-S Realtor is my Instagram. Uh, call me, 302-276-8375 or send me an email, dave.mays at foxroach.com. Or just, just research, just Google Dave Mays Realtor. I'll come up first. You'll see my reviews and everything. Now, here's the thing, because it's something that kind of caught my attention. You know, you said you, when you want to be a part of the process to give the people all the basically pros and cons, mm -hmm. you know, of what it can and can mean to sell grandma's sauce, if you will, or mom's mm -hmm. sauce, or whatever property. Mm -hmm. And when I hear you say that, that makes me think, damn, does that mean he could possibly be, for lack of a better term, talking himself out of a sale or sales, if you will. Like, I imagine you might have seen opportunities where it's like, okay, they, they just really want to sell this house. Sure, I could go ahead, you know, let's say show the angels. Like, sure, you go ahead. You, no, show the devil. Like, sure, go ahead. You get the grab, get your commission, be out. Mm -hmm. But show the angels. Like, hold It sounds like you say, show the angels. Like, hold up, wait. They might, I mean, granted, you'll get a grab, but these people will be cheating themselves out of this. They might be the kicking deal. themselves out of it later on. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to ride with that or do you want to give these people all these options? So, Somebody on the outside looking, they might be like, Dave, what the what hell are you, you doing? Do well, you know, you really want to inform people so they can make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. But if, if you talk to people enough and talk through the options, you really get to the reason why they want to do it. Are you, do you need a lump sum of money? Mm -hmm. Are you just looking to, you, you don't want the headache of the home? Why do you want to sell that house? 
And if you're finding out the why, you're really helping. It's not all about a check. The industry is set up. So when I do a real estate deal, I get commission. Um, I don't really chase the money like that. Okay. I, I've never, I never have. I've been doing real estate five years. And there's things that I, or decisions I've made that other realtors, well, why would you do that? And it's never hurt me. Okay. It, it, it's never hurt me. Because the idea is I want to help solve a problem. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell your house, tell me why. Then we can figure out and work backwards on other solutions or re- things that you may not have considered to get whatever that why is answered. Mm-hmm. Selling the house isn't the why. There's a, there's something deeper behind that. Okay. And I just want to uncover that. Because you, you I'd rather know earlier in the process than halfway through and you say, Dave, you know, I don't want to list this house no more. Mm-hmm. I, why don't you tell me about this, this, or this program that right. okay. allows for this? So, you know, I just want to inform people and, and let them make their own decisions. Sounds like total quality control. Okay, I can dig it. So now, it sounds like it sounds like he's gonna be a therapist at some point. Uh, I don't know <laughs> his that. real estate days. Is that his, Man, it's not like it basically. If you're a realtor, you are. A That's what I'm saying. So you know, <laughs> why not get paid for that next, right? Because <laughs> I gotta imagine, you know, people probably really like lay it on you with you know whatever emotional baggage or whatever. Because I'm sure sometimes there's carrying like it, it can be draining. And you know, yeah. they say uh, a home. You know, purchase or sale is one of the biggest events in your life it that is. you're going to deal with. Um, so, so now we're doing that, and <clears throat> you said you've never really, you know, had an issue with the, the decisions that you made. So I imagine it means you also get to go to bed with a clear conscience most times. Mm-hmm. So have you have you ever at any point in the real estate game um, been concerned with? Uh, is this something I kind of want to do full time, or is this something I can keep sustaining? Because see, at the end of the day, you're like you said, you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and owner. Now, I've had several interviews with several entrepreneurs from all walks of life, mm-hmm. whether they own brick and mortar businesses, whether they're selling some kind of product or service, and they talked about those days where like, man, I wasn't really sure if that next meal, that next meal was gonna come from more, until like they established past a certain point, I wasn't sure how I was gonna make it or if I was gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that concern? Well, the, the beauty, I guess, in my real estate career is, is those concerns were early. Okay. That was year one and two. Okay. When I was transitioning from just being known as a DJ, a party person, mm-hmm. to in my in my mind, I was transitioning from a DJ party person to a legit business person. Mm-hmm. What I realized is that people saw me as a legit business person all along. Correct. It was in my mind that I thought they didn't take me serious, mm-hmm. but they respected that I was a businessman, whether I did real estate or not. So once I got over that and really just pushed my services as a realtor, I started attracting more clients and getting more mm-hmm. business uh, because I was confident enough to reach out to my network of people and ask for business. Mm-hmm. There were people right in my network saying, oh, I didn't know you were a realtor. Right. Yeah, I, I got work for you or mm-hmm. my, my aunt's doing this or something. So. With real estate, your, your first year, I remember I didn't sell a house for nine months. Okay. And, you know, when you first start, there's a lot of fees. Right, and, I said you overhead. Know, yeah, activation fees and joining the boards and everything, you know. So I was out of a lot of money. It was I was mm-hmm. in a hole, and, and nine months in, I was like, is, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. But I knew that, you know, all it took was a couple deals to get some momentum, mm-hmm. And once I got those couple deals, I'd get momentum, experience, the bag, and keep moving. Right. So, you know, it all worked out. But it, it was all by design because real estate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to now from, from being an entrepreneur, being self-employed, 
making my own kind of flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. and, and real estate also allows me to do that. Now my flexible schedule allows me to be available on those times that most people are off. Mm -hmm. That's the good thing in it. Okay. You know, in the evenings, on the weekends, during right. the day, things like that where, you know, usually people might be busy. I can mm -hmm. make plans to show you a house, list your house, come over or something like that. Okay. So it gives me flexibility, uh, which allows me to do it in my mind for a lifetime or as long as I want. So it, it's one of those things I always said, you know, just on the off chance that I'm not a hot DJ forever, mm -hmm. I could I could always do real estate and still have another source of income, a, a more, I guess, active source of income other than just relying on whatever passive or residuals that it, I have. It's funny that you mention that again because, you know, growing up, especially amongst black people, you know, in our household, the arts would be considered the full black-owned plan, like mm. the DJ and the sports, whatever it is, mm. the music career. Like, no, but you made what would be considered kind of the plan <laughs> A, the plan B. Yeah, that's how it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so now we'll take this. We're gonna take out this moment to call it a, a drop a gem moment for up kind of up and coming entrepreneurs or up and coming realtors, um, more specifically. As you mentioned, you know, mm. you can you're afforded the ability to create time schedules in which people are more likely to be off. Is that one of those things that you think, those little gems that people don't think about when they're mapping out a career, let's say, in, in being a realtor or in, or, or in business? Like, so sometimes we just look at, I guess, what we would think is the big picture, but we don't look at the little things that affect it. So, yeah, you know, I might be saying, oh, I'm going to be a realtor. So, you know, I got to make sure I got, let's say, a car. I got to make sure I got this amount of money to pay my, for my activation fees and all those mm -hmm. other things. And then, you know, a lot of times people already working by the time they get when they get into real estate because it doesn't really pay right away right mm -hmm. and then they didn't realize well shit i gotta work till seven and these clients say they're only available at five mm -hmm. so would you consider that something that people overlook that they need to stop doing that now like put that as part of their plan well i think there's a there's a really basic principle whether whatever industry whatever business you're looking to run or start or in you need a business plan mm -hmm. in your business plan and you know i've given my business plan template like how the, the thing i wrote when how to write a business plan it's on one sheet of paper i've given it to a ton of djs i've given it to a ton of my friends who were thinking of starting businesses and not one person checked in with me on it which told me that they didn't really use it you still got that i still have it i had a template i, <coughs> I could anyway. use it it's not an easy it's one page i made sure it was one page mm. it's a loaded page okay it's a loaded page mm. but if you do this page for whatever business you're trying to do you have a roadmap. It, mm. it, it it'll make you go inside yourself and think about things so that you don't run into those pitfalls right. as easily. Mm -hmm. um, when I got into real estate, as soon as I made the decision that I wanted to do it, I wrote a business plan. Once I do the business plan, now it kind of solidifies my decision. Because there's other things that I wanted to do that I wrote a business plan and said, mm -hmm. ah, it don't look right. It don't <laughs> okay. look right. I'm not going to do mm -hmm. it. You know, one of them was like a promoter. At one point, I was promoting parties, mm -hmm. you know. And I wrote a business plan. And I mm -hmm. said, well... It doesn't make sense because now I'm taking myself off the market as a DJ to promote these parties that I have to be at, mm -hmm. whether I DJ or not. Right. So now I got to make like at least more than what I made as a DJ, right. but I have to have it, you know, like definite or else right. I'm taking a loss. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't make sense. It didn't right. make sense at the time. Mm-hmm. So write a business plan out. Get a template. You can go online and get one. Hit me up or, or hit up Nitty Show. Um, and and it's, it's really, it's going to be hard. It's not something you write in a day or a week. It takes months. But if you do it, you stick to it. And it's living, breathing. It can change. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, you are better equipped than like 95% of the people out here running businesses because most people operate without a business plan. So those who, they always say those who fail to plan, plan to fail, right? That's what it is. So now, and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, they say what, in the first three, in the first year, like what is it, 60 or 80% of businesses fail in the first mm-hmm. five years, like 90% of mm-hmm. businesses fail. Do you think that's one of the biggest reasons that? that is, yeah, that, I think that is the reason. Okay. I think that is the reason. I've had family members who, you know, started businesses and I wanted to, I shared the business plan. Mm. And you got any questions? Nope. I, mean, I know you didn't, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't really right. expand on it. And that's okay because it's not easy. But for me, I like to do my heavy lifting at the beginning right? and then be automated for mm. the next decade. Yeah. And, and that's what a business plan will allow you to do. And I guess it's kind of an all encompassing thing. You know, because I was going to say, you know, well, let's, start, like, let's say the top three things, mistakes you think people make when trying to be successful in a business. But then when you think of business plan, that might encompass the three or even more yeah, things you say. Because it yeah. even had me thinking about even people I know who started businesses, uh, like the brick and mortar ones, and, mm-hmm. you know, where they needed to take out a loan mm-hmm. for capital, what have you. And I've even had one tell me, they realized, you know, looking back, like the business didn't necessarily succeed. One of the biggest mistakes was they didn't borrow enough from the bank. Mm-hmm. So whereas they thought they were borrowing enough just to meet like what they expected to be the expenses, you know, whatever overhead, didn't realize they need, should borrow in excess of that because you have things like emergencies, mm-hmm. repairs, yada, 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 ABC, XYZ. Plus, you can't guarantee you know when your sales are going to start hitting to where you can stop operating at a loss, if you will. Right. And then I was like, "Damn, I guess that's a lack of failure to uh, uh, yeah failure to plan right there." Because like, okay, if my expenses say you're gonna need a five hundred thousand dollar loan, then I might need to think about a seven fifty or a million dollar mm-hmm. loan, so then I can operate comfortably, quote unquote, until I can operate comfortably. Right. So, oh, this business plan thing just got real deeper, man. So listen to this. So how about if 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 you have a business that needs a five hundred thousand dollar loan? You borrow seven hundred fifty thousand, and you write a business plan on how you make a million a year. And now you're operating at a plus, right? And you know what you need to mm-hmm. make that million a year, right? You can extrapolate that to anything. You can sell water bottles, mm-hmm. and maybe your green water bottles cost more. Are made from mm-hmm. okay, I got these, I got these, I got these. I need to sell X amount of each unit to know that I'll make and have a goal. Mm-hmm. I have goals. I have. One year, three year, five year, ten year goals mm-hmm. in my in real estate and music. Okay, you know they're all part of my plan. Cool. So and you know but to your point earlier about you know what you said you didn't see yourself as a legit businessman yet, but other people did. I'm one of those people because you're actually the first DJ I've known who had who worked with contracts. <laughs> Literally, like, when you first talk about a contract, I'm like, what? <laughs> Word. <laughs> they use those? <laughs> well, you know, once you get jerked enough, yeah. you start using contracts. And, and I knew a lot of DJs that, you know, yeah, they were getting beat all over. The, well, you know the, how yeah. it goes out here. Yep. Especially when you're trying to make a name for yourself or or they'll hit you with the, I didn't get as many people as I thought I was getting tonight. Oh. So it's with you. Wait, but Promoters. my services didn't uh, decrease because you didn't pull in the people. Promoters. <laughs> man, man. And then the contract thing did become a game changer, you know. 
when they cast out employment. So now when we look at the real estate thing, um, still riding on that. And um, now you're licensed to operate throughout Delaware or is it, how does it go by county? I don't know. It's, it's by state. So okay. the state of Delaware, I really focus on Newcastle County. Mm -hmm. I've done deals, you know, in Kent County, like Smyrna, Dover. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really go to the beach because I don't know right. the, the local scene there. Mm -hmm. I would usually refer to someone mm -hmm. down that area. But if I can help them, and I know about the neighborhood or can get myself, you know, up to snuff pretty fast, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. So now <clears throat> we speak about business, you know, how that business plan is the key to running a successful business. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about, because um, you mentioned earlier, it's about ownership too. You want to, you know, owning homes and things that ancient land. Let's talk about home buyers. Like you said, you have a lot of first time home buyers. What are some mistakes, common mistakes you see potential home buyers making? that you can help them avoid or that, that that can be easily be avoided. What are some pitfalls that you see people falling into when it comes to buying a home that they might wind up regretting it later or taking some kind of quote unquote loss, if you will? Mm -hmm. One of them is not taking good care of your credit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think more people nowadays are more conscious of their credit score. Right. And But I think they're setting the bar too low. A lot of people are like, well, I'm 620, 640. Right. That's, that's okay credit. You can buy a house with that. But if you're over 700, your interest rate goes lower. Okay. And that <laughs> you makes save money. Big, that makes a big switch in the numbers, especially right. when you're talking about paying interest over the, what, 30 years or roughly however. Right. Right. So the, so, so the goal should be to get your credit above 700. Uh, another misnomer, a lot of people think because they have a lot of money coming in, mm -hmm. they're they're credit worthy. Right. But how much money are you spending out? Right. What's your, uh, like, they call it, finance, financial people call it debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. To own a home, to get qualified, pre-approved for a home, your debt to income ratio has to be at a certain ratio. Mm -hmm. It has to be low. If, if you make a lot of money and you pay a lot of bills, basically you're saying, I can't afford any new bill. Right. So keep your bills low. Credit cards, pay them off every month if you can. Mm -hmm. um, I think those, those, those they're basic kind of basic ideas, but a lot of us don't do it. Right. So I think those two things right there put you in place. Save. So in a manner of speaking, there's a a business plan, if you will, that potential home buyer should yep. have in place before even trying to get into that game. Yeah, and 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 for for first time home buyers, like in the state of Delaware, there are loans that you can get in addition to not just your mortgage but to put money down but again those loans have interest rates so mm -hmm. a lot of people will do that and let's say you do that and then 10 years goes by you want to sell your house you've totally forgotten about that second loan mm -hmm. now you owe an extra twelve thousand. Right. so the money you could have been taking out to put towards the next house you're actually mm -hmm. going to pay that second loan that helped you buy that first house okay. off um so just be educated. If you can save up the cash and not use one of the first-time home buyer programs, mm -hmm. although they do sound great, don't use them if you don't need them. Okay. It's, you're, you're, it's not like the loan is forgiven. Okay. It's a grant is the only thing that's give money right. that they give you. If it's mm -hmm. a grant, take it. Right. If it's a loan, think about if you can just make it up yourself. Because you'll again, you'll save in the long run. All right, we're going to expand upon that in a second. But I noticed you said um, you need a certain amount just to be pre-approved. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think there's a second approval. So if, if you get this quote-unquote pre-approved, that doesn't mean you're about to get a house now. Well, when you get the pre-approval, that tells your agent, that tells the person selling the home, 
um, that there is a bank that has done the steps to say yes, they are credit worthy. Okay. Once they get an accepted offer, right. we will get them a mortgage commitment. Oh, okay. Which is the second step. Okay. Now, I've had some uh, potential clients who weren't in a position to get pre-approved. They were months ahead, but anxious to buy a home. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to go see homes. Right. And I'm trying to explain to them, well, you know, we're three months away. Right. Going to see a house now, you, you know, it probably won't be available in three months. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be sold. Right. So why do you want to see things now that you can't buy? Mm -hmm. That's frustrating. That's discouraging. Right. And I, I don't feel like I can help you with that. Right. It would only hurt things. Mm -hmm. But let's go to open houses. I was just about to say, you know, it sounds like they should be doing open houses. Yeah, let me, let me show you what's on the market online so I can get an idea of what you like. Mm -hmm. But let's not go, and, and also there's another side to that coin. They're sellers, we don't know their situation, but we know they want to sell their house. Right. If you were selling your house, would you want anybody walking through the door mm -hmm. or only people who you know could buy? Only people you know could buy. Right. So let's give them that courtesy. Not one, at, no shoppers. At some point, <laughs> you're going, you may be on the other side. Mm -hmm. You'll want that courtesy. Right. Um, so I've had people walk away from me because I wouldn't show them houses because they were months <laughs> away from being pre-approved. Mm -hmm. And I, I respect that. And, you know, they'll go with other agents who may take them around, but that agent's taking you around for two, three months, and you can't even, it's like spinning right. wheels, mm -hmm. you know? So you, you really have to, if you get yourself in position and focus on that, what's meant for you will be there when the time's right. So now, is that one of those decisions that you say, kind of the realtors kind of look at you like, oh, why would you make that decision? And you're like, you know. Well. Or is that like a general realtor kind of consensus? I'm by the book. And that's that's what you, that's how you really should handle that. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have buyers that you're taking out who aren't pre-approved. Mm -hmm. What are you doing if, if that's the case? Now, you can't bend the rules if this person says, well, you know, I'm waiting for my credit score to recycle mm -hmm. next week. Right. I've done this, this, and this. Here's the proof that I've done it. We're just waiting for that, that okay. cycle to, well, then that's different. Okay. You know, so now this pre-approved. Oh, so this is something that uh, a potential buyer should have done on their own before even coming to an agent. Or I can help you. Okay. Um, a lot of people who are, if if someone comes to me and they're pre-approved, that tells me they're proactive. Okay. They've done research, probably on me, mm -hmm. but also on the real estate process and gotten themselves in position. Okay. So that that tells me you're ready to go. Right. But I can help you to get in that position. But you gotta trust what I'm saying. Right. If if you're saying, ah, oh, well, this person said mm -hmm. I can go see houses now, yeah, I, I can let you in. That seller doesn't know for sure if you're pre-approved or not. I know. Right. So now if they ask me, I have to tell them no. Okay. You know, and then that opens up a whole nother right. can of worms. What the hell did you bring it for? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then I look crazy. <laughs> or we can do it the way that I recommend, which will get you there efficiently and with the least amount of heartache. Because mm -hmm. you, you, you might go and one of the houses you see, you might love. Okay. Then you're going to say, well, what, what, how can we make this work, Dave? Right. Well, you can't. We need three more months because <laughs> you have to clear this, this, and this up. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in that position. I hear that. <laughs> Plus, I got to imagine, like you said, it's a waste of time not only for the, the, the potential buyer, but the realtor as well. Right? Yep. That's business you could have been trying to conduct elsewhere with someone else who you kind of, you know, held off. But let's jump up back to this whole, this first time buyers thing because... I feel like you opened the door. I've never known about, like, I've heard of first-time buyer programs. Mm -hmm. They've never been described to me in any kind of a loan fashion. Mm -hmm. It's always been, even to people who told me they were going to the seminars or, or the meetings or whatever they're considered, mm -hmm. it's always been presented to me as, you ready to buy a house, you never bought a house, they're going to put you in a position to buy a house. Nobody's going to say, oh, it's a loan. 
in addition to a loan that you're already going to get. And I feel like that's a game changer now because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, especially if you've ever done student loans in college, <laughs> you know, that it seemed pretty at first when you, they start throwing terms at you and then you start hearing things like refund and then, mm-hmm. like you said, when it's come time to pay the pipe later on, you sit there like, oh, shit. I forgot. Yeah, they don't even yeah. send you a... With that second loan on the first time home buyer program, they, they tell you don't worry about it. Pay it when you sell the house off. Mm-hmm. Or um, let's say pay it when, when, when your loan's up to 30 years, pay it. So you're not it. even making payments on this pre approval? You, you can, but they don't see you require it. They don't require it. Oh, so all the while, interest is just steady it's building accrued. up, compounded on money that you haven't put a dime towards. So exactly. you're paying nothing down, you're just increasing that debt. While you're working on just paying your mortgage or what you know, well, that's, that's a that great thing. formula for mm-hmm. the state or whoever, right? Because now you get homeowners who pay taxes every year, mm-hmm. and then you get this big lump sum right at the end, yay! Super for the, long, for the right. state, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, on average, what are these um these home buy these first home buyer loans? Is there an average for how much they disperse? Well, the, the average home sale in Newcastle County is about two hundred thirty thousand. Okay, and that consists of a single family three bedroom, mm-hmm. one and a half bath on like a quarter acre. Okay. So that's the average home, about 230. And I mean, I guess you can, you can get up to 8,000 mm-hmm. in, in assistance from first time home buyer programs. Okay. So yeah, you can see where that 8,000, right. I don't know the percentages offhand, but over 30 years, you yeah. can see where it could almost right. double. So you could, so you potentially, so you could be sitting on like a 200 plus thousand dollar loan and an $8,000 loan. Mm-hmm. And now this $8,000 loan first might be the first thing for your mind because everything else in your life is You're going on. It's like, don't worry yeah. about it. Meanwhile, 8,000 becoming nine, 10, 11, 12, exactly. how many thousands over the, wow. Man, I hope y'all listen to this and taking notes, y'all, because this, <laughs> this is serious. I, this is blowing my mind and I'm, I'm a renter. <laughs> but this is blowing my mind. And that brings me to my next question now, because you know, um, sometimes I feel, I feel like this is an unfair thing that people, people in ownership positions do mm-hmm. no knock to them i just think it's a lack of i don't know seeing it or you're not in another person's shoes mm-hmm. and i'm sure you've heard it where people say okay everybody should own right or you or you're tripping if you're not owning this and that and the other right yeah owning sounds great but sometimes you're just not in a position to own but then that's when they'll come back with the well your rent is, I'm going to throw an arbitrary number out here, your rent is 900 a month. Mm-hmm. The mortgage I'm paying is like 800 a month or 850 and So therefore, you could be owning a home. And I'm thinking to myself, well, my apartment didn't come with a down payment of like 20% of like right. $300,000. I don't know, pick a number, right? Or if, 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 shit, if shit get breaks in here, my toilet breaks, I could just call the conference, like, hey, come fix this. It's part of my monthly rent. That mm-hmm. didn't change. But if shit breaking my house, it's you. <laughs> and that's it's you. That. And then there's a the thing that we don't. I feel like people don't talk about enough. You kind of mentioned it a second ago. You got things like property taxes mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And I'm. And this is not me discouraging anyone who's thinking about owning a home. But I feel like some people they honestly realize when they're not in a position to own a home. Um, do you? I, how do you feel? What is your stance on that? Because I'm sure people see people say, oh, well, yeah, you should be owning a home because your rent is this. And here's what you can get a mortgage for nowadays. I, I think I think it's it's a process. You you have to, number one, under get financially literate, mm-hmm. which you are. So you understand. Some people aren't even to that point that they even understand or can fathom 
should I rent or should I buy? Mm. Those are the people that need to get financially literate. But also, you know, there's these folks, and I'm not knocking anybody, I'm not judging anybody, but they're driving around in brand new cars and living, you know, in rentals. So you're just a consumer. Mm. You're a lifelong consumer. Right. You're making everyone else rich at your expense, mm. literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you become more financially literate, um, uh, I think a financially literate person would say, well, I may buy the lesser value car so I can have savings to buy a home so that I'm making money or creating equity right. for the long run, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it, it's really a person's decision. Sometimes it's life in the way, it's career, it's age. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, well, if you're thinking about renting and you like maintenance-free renting or, or you, you know, maintenance-free living, there's condos, there's right. communities that have maintenance built in too where mm. you're also building equity right and if it, it kind of feels like renting I and mean, it kind of looks like an apartment mm. but you own it right you know so there's there's it's just a matter of knowing what's out there that you may not even know exists mm -hmm. you know that i think people should do but no owning a home isn't for everyone um renting isn't for everyone but just know where your position is don't be reactive don't just be in a position because you're there right make the decision that this is this is the optimal position for me so now <clears throat> give us some steps give the layperson some steps of how they can become proactive if you will mm -hmm. um like for instance when i've you know had i've listened to several credit talks if you will mm -hmm. and they'll talk about the keys to paying down debt or getting debt free mm -hmm. and you know be like okay a, you know, you might need to do this, or B, you might need to do that. What would you say are some of the fundamental A's, B, ABCs mm -hmm. of getting, as you kind of put it, proactive about getting into a position of home ownership? Yeah, and I'm not a credit counselor or a finance person. I'm just a licensed agent. But mm -hmm. I, I think you should certainly talk to someone like that, a credit counselor, a, uh, a loan officer of a bank, uh, get with a real estate agent. Uh, those are those are any of those are great first steps if you, you truly are interested in owning a home or investing in investment properties rental properties mm -hmm. um, be conscious of your credit score of how much money you have in the bank debt to income ratio and all of that and if, if you have those couple of things right there you're, you're already in, in a good position when you go talk to people mm -hmm. you know because they're going to want to know these things now are there opportunities for people who are taking this advice and they want to take those steps are there opportunities or programs where they can like seek this kind of counsel for free? Because like for instance, if you go seek advice from a lawyer, you got to pay them for that time. Mm -hmm. I imagine. I mean, I don't know how it works with realtors, but I imagine a realtor might be thinking like, let's say, let me. Oh, I want to come to a maze or, or come to Dave or somebody say, let me. I just want to do research on this kind of thing. But mm -hmm. you might have you might have been thinking, oh, I got a potential new client coming, ready to move these, you know, get a house or what have you. Are there systems in place where they can get this kind of knowledge for for free, so then they can work toward getting proactive or or they i guess they're being proactive you know point. what i didn't want to put this on blast but i am i i went to the uh wilmington library what i wanted to do is offer a program mm -hmm. buying a home or selling a home in 60 days and at first they were really excited they said what's the catch I said there's no catch i just need a space right because i feel like it's community enrichment mm -hmm. um at first they were interested then they said no abruptly that's why oh, and they said, well, we don't think our, um, our, our customer base uh, would be interested in that type of program. Customer. I said, wait a minute. You don't think P 
people who come to libraries would be interested in owning a home. Right. Where are they going to read the books? Exactly. You know, and so people who come to libraries don't want to research. Well, I, I just felt like it was more to it than that. It <clears throat> right. was politics. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought I was coming from an aspect that I'm going to industrialize or or biz, make this a business. Mm-hmm. I am a business. But I'm not, I wasn't charging anyone for right. this information. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that we have such a bureaucracy sometimes that it gets in the way of mm-hmm. people who genuinely just want to help. I know there's people downtown Wilmington or in low-income areas of Wilmington who would come out to that. Right. And even if they're not ready for a year, it would help them and at mm-hmm. least plant that seed so that they could get started. Okay. You know, and, and for me... If people, I do have people call me, I don't want to waste your time. I appreciate those people because they just want to get in position. They're not ready yet. Right. I'm patient. And what I do is I set you up with a couple steps. Call this person, do mm-hmm. this. Let's check in in two, three weeks. Right. And then we, I have some more things for you. Okay. So as long as you're moving along so those steps. Like homework. We, that's exactly what it is. Okay. As long as we're moving along, you're not wasting my time okay. and you're helping you. So are you still considering finding somewhere to be able to... Um set up that kind of operation yeah i actually just met with but it, this this is a local business what i wanted to try to do is put it in and a civic uh, right forum mm-hmm. um but I, I haven't been able to uh find anybody who's looking down at me like what are you up to with this mm-hmm. so um i did find a local business we didn't get anything uh solidified yet but i'm hoping to do something uh this fall this winter for like a first time home buyer seminar he knows it's going to be an event if i do it. it's right. going to be good no doubt <laughs> no doubt you better look into your why your local ymca <laughs> sir you know they keep a room on that for community <laughs> events i ain't gonna hold you <laughs> okay so um before we get um start transitioning from you know dave mays the realtor mm-hmm. what are some of the most frustrating things that you've that you've dealt with when it comes to dealing with your clients whether it be home buyers or home sellers, uh, just not trusting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing when I have to, I don't mind explaining something, right? But when you, I'm, I'm, I'm your resource. I'm your hub. Well, this realtor said this. Okay, yeah, but your situation is this, <laughs> and you didn't tell him that, right? So you know, now you're doubting what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And that makes it hard. Okay. Um, so one of them is, is, is not trusting me. If, if I haven't earned your trust, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you told me I have by signing an agreement saying I'm your agent, right. you should trust me. Okay. Um, other than that, I, I did have one person who was pre-approved, and then they went and bought a brand new car. Mm. And they were no longer pre-approved <laughs> the moment they bought that car. But they didn't tell me. Right. They didn't tell me they bought the car. We're moving forward. We get to settlement, and when they run the, the uh, when the loan officer goes to pull the mortgage commitment two days before settlement, yo, they just spent thirty thousand dollars on a Corolla, <laughs> like last week, <laughs> and you know, right. so that's frustrating because mm-hmm. now it's like you, I, I bust my tail for all my clients, but when you do things like that to disqualify yourself, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do, you mm-hmm. know, and this person ended up having to wait. Another two months, had to pay that car loan down with help from the family, mm-hmm. and then they, you know, eventually got something. But they didn't get what they wanted, right? Because the house, that, you know, the seller sold it to some, right. someone else. So that that was frustrating. But what I try to do is I try to liken the real estate like a surgeon. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 lose patience, you know. But at the end of the day, the surgeon does not take that home, right? 
earlier in my real estate career, it was weighing down on me because I make other people's issues my issues. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm not sympathetic or empathetic mm -hmm. now. It's just that when I go home, that's that's my right. sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where family is. So, and, and that's hard to do. Right. That's hard to to you know, kind of separate yourself from the from the work. Especially, right. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So that was mm -hmm. one of the hardest things I had to do was just to take people's problems and not absorb them. Okay. Yeah. So now, last thing, and we've seen it. It's actually something we spoke about at the. Um, Nitty in the City Brunch podcast. That was, that was a great podcast. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I, I've been seeing this since 2014, since I've been, you know, my, my most recent run living in Wilmington. It's the big G. We call it gentrification. <laughs> uh, you see, a lot of the faces are changing. <laughs> the dogs are changing. The dogs are changing. Bulls, exactly. The, the, the security <laughs> around the areas are changing. The law enforcement department. Oh, yeah. Uh, Face yep. has stepped up, appearance has stepped up, mm -hmm. the builders are going higher, the, the rents are going up, costs mm -hmm. are going up, everything, right? Mm -hmm. And me personally, and I'll go ahead and say the views and opinions expressed by the individuals on one on one with the one and only are those are solely those of said individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of one on one with the one and only, the Knit in the City podcast or any of its affiliates or anchor.fm. I hate it. Mm. I hate it to a point where because I see what's happening to my people. Now, I'm not saying we haven't played a hand in, you know, this kind of sabotage, but this is a system that's also been in place for a very long time, right? Mm -hmm. And I hate seeing it because, like, you know, we it's built on our backs, and so to speak, and then when they come in, they make it unaffor unaffordable for the ones whose backs are built on, the ones who've been sitting here pumping their hard-earned dollars into the community all this time. This is where my conflict kick clicks, kicks in, though. Across from where I live, they're building a beer garden, Right? next to a tea shop that might be there. Mm -hmm. I love both of those things. <laughs> I know who this beer garden is for. Mm -hmm. Now the tea shop, that's actually gonna be black owned, so shout out to that. Um, I know who this beer garden is for. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be at the beer garden. Of course. But it's like, damn it! I'm, it's almost like I'm contributing to that which I hate. <laughs> and this is why, now this look what I do here. In real estate, you have to see the same thing. And I'm not saying, I did not say Dave hates anything, any which way, but you have spoken about, you know, you're not naive or you're not blind to what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I got to imagine that must, you know, you feel a certain type of way about that. You can tell us if you do or not. But then it's like, as a realtor, you still have to, well, I won't say have to. I mean, you chose the life of real estate, you know, being a realtor, but. I imagine you'll still be engaging in that, which you'll be contributing to that, which might affect you a certain way. Mm -hmm. So tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I think the whole rebuilding and moving back into cities and all that, I think it works cyclically. I think it, it comes around every 20 years or so, 25 mm -hmm. years. What happens is the city becomes impoverished or inefficient and people start moving out because of crime. Mm -hmm. They go to the suburbs. So then they push your low income people into the city, into high crime areas, all right? So then what happens is these suburbs are all built up, mm -hmm. but now they're 25 years old. We want something new. right? So they go back into <clears throat> the city mm -hmm. to redo it. And just as you said, and it's happening in, in all kinds of, it's happening all over the US. Yeah. By the way, I went to, uh, I had to shoot a video 
I was in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Now, I knew Williamsburg was affluent because <laughs> you have your Hasidic Jews, yeah. Turkish people, but it's, it was mixed in. Right. Williamsburg now, mm -hmm. like last week, yes. it's, it's totally, it's, it's all built up. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn looked like Midtown Manhattan. It's like Lord Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's happening in, in, in all the cities. And they're changing the name of them areas, too. Like, I just found out Flatbush ain't really Flatbush no more. It's called, like, South Prospect Park. Ooh. Like, yeah. Nah. <laughs> I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling Best that. Best time not so do or die. You nah, know? I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. From a hip-hop perspective, I'm offended by Word. that. Word. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> it is, man. It hurts. But, I mean, it's to be expected. Builders, developers... That's what they do. They, they, they take on those trends, and, and once one person sees it happening, then you got 50 people jockeying mm. to do the same thing. Right. And in 20 years, it's going to be the same thing. Everybody's going to be moving out of the city, mm. going back to the suburbs, because okay. that's just how that dollar circulates. Okay. Now, is there a way for us to break it? Home ownership. Okay. Business ownership. Get in on it. Okay. Um, the best way to... Disrupt the system is to understand it. You have to dismantle it from mm. the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a genius. Evil genius. So now we're going to transition here because, like I said, bio major, realtor, but his name is Icon DJ Amaze for a reason. Yes, sir. It ain't just because he liked the letters D and J. Like. <laughs> now, you've been DJing since uh, undergrad, at least. As far back as my knowledge goes, could have been since high school. Since high school. Okay, yeah. So got a lot of years in the game then. Yeah. What? Why DJing? Uh, honestly, it, it was there for me. Um, I always wanted to sing, mm -hmm. but I, there weren't the there weren't the outlets. There was church. Okay. But other than church, there was no outlets for me to sing. Mm -hmm. So I settled with you know what, whatever kind of music I can do, I'm cool with. Yep. So then I was playing piano. And I would play uh, during the holidays. I would play at school stuff. It was cool, but it wasn't it, it wasn't as fulfilling for me because mm -hmm. I wanted to perform with my voice and my gestures, not just playing a, an instrument. Um, so Mount Pleasant had a radio station. Uh, Shout out to was it ninety one seven right ninety one seven. I, I didn't know if I could say that on your podcast. Oh yeah, we good. Okay, so ninety one seven was looking for new shows. And we got, I didn't go to Mount Pleasant, I went to Concord, but they sent it like uh, district wide. Right. So I showed up, I had a little fake tape that I made, like making <laughs> a, 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 a show. And the guy was impressed. He was like, You made this at home? I was like, I made this on my radio, <laughs> radio shop mic. He was like, Wow, it sounds real. So he gave me a show, and DJs, like local DJs, started um, calling to come into the show mm -hmm. and mix. So I got to know like the local guys around and they kind of, you know, and getting to know with them, I would hang out with them and, and just, I started DJing with them. So once I started DJing with them, I, I just knew that was what I wanted to do. Okay. Now at the time, I didn't know that it would allow me to meet celebrities mm -hmm. and travel the world and make fast money. And, Cause you became Mr. Spring Break. Yeah, it was fun, <laughs> but I, I just kind of did it for hip hop. I just kind of did it cause Cellar Dwellers was hot, and I had perfect combination on wax. <laughs> Yo, a lot of y'all was like, what? <laughs> you know, and, and, and when I realized, oh, you get the acapella and instrumentals, so 
that's what DJing is. Mm -hmm. So I can be so creative. Right. And I just took the ball and ran with it. And, you know, UD was my proving ground because I took my gear and I would just DJ. We had after parties, mm -hmm. illegal after yeah. parties in the tower. <laughs> I can say it now. Yeah. RIP the tower. Are they down? Or, yeah, they down. Yeah. But well, I don't, I don't think they destroyed them. Yeah, they just they won't be so. Yeah. So, you know, and, and just it kind of grew from that. But it, it was never, it wasn't until after college that I wrote a business plan for mm -hmm. DJing. Before then, it was just reactive. But I saw my other DJ friends, like some of them got sick or mm -hmm. got injured or something happened. And they just, you know, they didn't have any money or right. no source of income. And I was like, whoa, that's real. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wrote a business plan so that I could save. So that I, how can I grow my business? And that's how Icon DJs came about. I can only be one place. And then, yeah, there's those DJs that's like, yeah, I'm going to send my mans and I'm going right. to get there at nine. You know? But I was like, nah, I, I want to standardize this mm -hmm. because there's people who expect a certain quality. Right. I want to standardize that quality so whether they get me or someone else, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest, there's only one me, so I'll make sure your party rocks <laughs> right. with my guy. Mm -hmm. There's only one me. I'm not guaranteeing me. Right. And... That worked, you know, so... Everybody couldn't be splinted, but them turtles sure could fight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how it came about. And then just taking advantage of opportunities. In, in Delaware at that time, it wasn't really a lot of DJs. It was, it, DJs were very territory. And I was a young boy. So they was not trying to hear anything I was trying to do. Uh, there were a couple guys... Who kind of gave me, yeah, because I need you, so come mm -hmm. on. But it, it was really territorial. So one thing I, I I promised to do was anybody who wanted to get put on, I could help them, I'm going to help them. Because mm -hmm. I nobody was really doing that on a big scale. Now, mm -hmm. it's totally different now. Right. You know, DJs are, are very much open. And you might have four or five DJs at one party mm -hmm. now. You know, but before, I remember going to Philly. <laughs> And the ice grills I'd get showing mm. up with my crates. Right. Like they was ready to kill me because I was a DJ too. And I'm all naive excited, like, yo, what's up? I DJ too. And they don't even want to deal with me. Right. And then I kill it, and then they really hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how it was. And then the DJ venture opened up the other lanes, such as the singer or the music career. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to do your singing. You put out uh sing you put out whole albums before, right? I put out one album. Wow, okay. I'm working on one now. I got about three, four singles. I've been right. sending them to you. You've been showing yeah. love. Thank you. No doubt. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's... it's and it, you've it, gotten to work with other artists in the industry as well. I have. Mm -hmm. Opening for them as a DJ. Opening mm -hmm. for them. Doing my stuff. Whatever. You know, I remember, like, when Keisha Cole first came out, we was at Electric Factory in Philly. Mm -hmm. Her DJ didn't show up. Like, literally didn't show up. He was supposed to be there and didn't show. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, you think you can you can do uh, my music for me? I said, like, yeah, no problem. So we put together, and she only might have had one or two songs. Mm -hmm. So they had, like, this routine to fill up the time. She said, how are we going to fill up the time? I was like, oh, I'm going to hype the crowd with the hands up. Da -da -da. Right. We're going to see where the ladies at. You want to go on that side. We're going to see what she's like. It's like, you already do this. I was like, we're going to make this work. Me and her did this show, and you would have thought we did it a hundred times. Mm -hmm. So... You know, that, that was just how it was. I always looked at myself as a utility person mm -hmm. at that point. Whatever was needed, whether it be DJing a party, hosting it, performing, filling in the gaps, that's, that's what I did. Right. So it made me that much more uh, diverse and yeah. valuable in, when I started 
you know, diversifying my clientele. Because a lot of DJs hate being on the mic. Yeah. They just want to spin and, you know. They just want to spin. Yeah. I never got that. I think you were the first do-it-all DJ I've seen. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. It was, uh, because, I mean, I would crack a joke. People, they just Mm. laugh. At the party. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they really listening. And and what you saw was the thug on the wall kind of giggled a little Mm. bit. Like, okay, I got Got you too. I got you too. You know, and that Mm. lightened the mood of the party. So people couldn't really explain why. Some people who was hard or or didn't even, wasn't really there for that, got Mm. a little something extra. Because I'm silly on the mic, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's fun. It it came across pretty good. So I was, and it allowed me to hone in on hosting and being comfortable in front of the crowd. When I really started singing, singing, I was singing popular songs. I just cut the song out while I'm DJing (laughs) and singing. People like, oh, snap. I'll be like, oh, snap, you like it? (laughs) So that was fun, you know. So I hear all this. I'm like, I'm thinking about it. You haven't worked like a W-2 job in... Forever, uh, like could not, you, not since college. Could you see yourself going back to a W two life? Because because you're a man who mm. got who got all kinds of plans in place as it is. Mm. Like you said, in case you're not a hot DJ anymore, you got the real estate. What happened? Right. But so that sounds like a man you might be planning. Is there a plan for let's say if stuff like? Is there a plan in place for damn? If I got to go back to a nine to five, I guess it would be biology. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what that's for. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they can't take the degree away. That's true. And, and saying is from UD. Yeah, owns more and more merit oh, yeah. every day. Yeah, you ain't never <laughs> lie. That credit is strong, boy. So, so, so you earlier you mentioned you know you drew out a business plan for promoting, and you realized that that wasn't it. So mm-hmm. you kind of like to be. But I feel like the DJ has also opened a lane for you to be a promoter of sorts. Because you yeah. still promote events, or whether it be your own or you know, because you do your own things as well. Which you have an event actually coming up right. September nineteenth. Yeah, Tell se- us about your that. Your segues are lovely, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, September nineteenth, a taste of summer. It's at the Queen. Uh, it just kind of fell in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's presented by Icon DJs and TAMC Marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to put something together. The 19th is one of the last days of summer, right? so you get your last taste. Uh, we wanted to give it a Caribbean flavor because I've been hanging out in the Caribbean a lot <laughs> and I miss it. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing it to Wilmington. Um, we have uh, local food vendors who are coming to give you a taste of Dominican food, Puerto Rican food, Jamaican island food. Uh, we have some desserts, some Caribbean desserts, uh, wine tastings, rum tastings. I'm going to be performing my new songs, which is great. We have a Tiba, the steel drum player. Uh, It's got a lot of layers to it. One of the most, uh, the biggest layers that I'm proud of is we have a nonprofit piece because I'm all about enriching a a community. Listen to this community impact, y'all. So on on Market Street, there's a Wilmington Green Box. Have you seen those guys? Yeah, shout out to Fly Yogi in them. Yeah, so... I um I went and, and met I was going to the Queen to book the Queen and they stopped they kinda stopped us and um told us about the juice. Mm-hmm. And we scrutinized, you know, do you wear gloves? Right. How's this juice made? Mm-hmm. They were on the ball. Mm-hmm. I was like, Wow. So when they gave me their flyer and showed me they were a nonprofit and had their card, <clears throat> I was just remarking upon how these are 14, 15, 16 mm-hmm. year old kids versed 
know their business, know their product. They're not sitting around goofing off. Right. They're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. All, like they're looking for people to talk to. Mm-hmm. I gotta support them. Yeah. So then I talked to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked. I talked to him, and we just wanted to put him on. We said hey, we want to work out a way that we can give you a donation mm-hmm. and also have you at the event. Right. Because we need more programs like that. Mm-hmm. These kids are so far ahead of where I was when I was 15 because they know how to run a business. Yes. They know, you know, ethics of business mm-hmm. and probably balancing a, a bank account mm-hmm. and opening a bank account. And, and and those are the things, those are the types of programs we need to to reverse this generational curse that yes. a lot of African Americans and minorities un- unfortunately are a part of. His programs just like that. So I wanted to support it. But getting back so it's, it's September 19th, that's a Thursday, mm-hmm. 5 p.m. to 9. For more information, visit www.tasteofseries.com to check it out. But I have my music, it's gonna be jumping, it's gonna mm-hmm. be good. No doubt. And that green box, they paid them far well than we were making they back do, in the day. Right? I, was like, I was like, all right, bro, yo, y'all have, y'all need some uh, veteran leadership over there. They're motivated. These kids are motivated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, actually, I pulled up the description on the. Um, your event on September 19th and I just wanted to emphasize that you can uh, pair your samples with wine and rum tastings from local stores <laughs> wine, rum, you know what's needed in the city without a little uh, alcohol on deck right, and you know I love me the rum and yeah it says treat your ears to the Caribbean sounds of steel drums and the fusion Caribbean beats and remixes as well as a very special performance by DJ Mace himself with his new music um, I was looking at um, one of your videos recently. I guess you were, Reggae uh, gold you were doing the challenges. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, about that. Um, so, are you, like, bringing back a retro feel here with that? Because, I, you know, I, of course, you know, you came from the era of Diwali and all those rhythms and Bro, stuff. Bro, 90s dancehall is some of the best music ever made. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. So, um, I was introduced to dancehall with Murder, She Wrote. Okay. I remember me and my little brother before Def, what was Def Comedy Jam mm-hmm. would come on. We'd be watching the uh, videos on yeah. like Friday, Saturday nights. And Murder, She Wrote came on. I was like, this sound crazy. <laughs> what is this? And then I, oh, that's reggae. Nah, this don't sound like Bob Marley. Right. This sound like something like more danceable. Mm-hmm. Not that Bob Marley, you know what I mean. Right. Something more youthful. Yeah. And I realized it was dance hall. Right. And then I just, from that point on, I just absorbed myself mm-hmm. in dance hall music. I um, I was, you know, reading the liner notes so I could, yeah. well, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. Why do they talk like that? Because I was, you know, I was from Philly, Delaware. I didn't have that. But then, you know, it, it, it kind of just grew from that. Mm-hmm. It really did. It was, And, you know, I ended up um, DJing on Power 99 for the Sunday reggae show. That's what's up. So they thought I was Jamaican or something. Like, <laughs> not, a, not at all, actually. <laughs> you already had a Jamaican Dave in Philly. Yeah. But the- <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. So now we talked about how people can get in contact with Dave Mays, the realtor. Mm-hmm. How can they get in contact with Icon DJ Mays when they're booking for a function or event or have them promote anything like or work with them at all in any kind yeah, of way, shape, or form? The website is djmays.com. DJ Mays on everything. I even got the SoundCloud. That mm-hmm. was a fight. Okay. Did so, yeah, a, a youngin had the SoundCloud. Well, you trademarked the Mays, didn't you? Well, that thankfully <laughs> I did a long time. You did that a very long time ago. Yeah. Damn, you the first person I ever knew the tra- Damn, how many first did I know you for, my guy? I remember the first time you told me you 
true. You laugh is a guess, so you know, because you was like, yeah, just in case I heard it might be some other DJ Mazes, but I <laughs> trademarked the name, so. Yep. We was with your Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. The, the trademark and the uh, website. I, mm-hmm. them. I had a vision. Right. My now, was all of that in your business plan? It was in my early business plan. Okay. It was just that. Because this was, I was still in college, mm-hmm. so I hadn't really made the decision right. that I was going to be a professional DJ. Right. But I did say, it, I didn't have a business plan. But what I said was, if I'm going to be a business, I need to start behaving like a business. Okay. So very early on, I was like, well, what do I need to do? I need to protect my assets. My real only asset other than my gear is my brand. Right. So I need to make sure my brand is locked in. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, at that time, I think it was like eighty bucks to trademark. And I, I scrounged up money to get 80 bucks mm-hmm. to trademark. Like, that was right. dedication. I didn't have $80 to trademark. I heard that fee is a little different that's now. More, and that's a couple hundred, I think. Yeah. But, Somebody um, told me, like, five. Yeah, but but thankfully, I mm-hmm. mean, in doing that, it was one of the reasons I was able to go to SoundCloud and say, yeah, somebody's saying they're DJ amazing. Right, it's not nah. me. Okay. It's, it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Okay, cool. So, now, real quick, we're going to get to wrap it up in a few. What... Because you've already told us, you know, about general business and the realtor, you know, the realtor business. But what kind of what kind of fundamental gems do you think you drop on up and coming DJs? Because I mean, of course, you got the business plan thing, but do you feel like the business plan could kind of cover what you would say to avoid the fundamental flaw? Yeah, but you know, with with the young guys, it's, it's boring. I, I come off like an OG, and I'm not <laughs> trying to do that, and, and they won't understand it until they understand it. Okay. So I guess something a little bit more. Simple. I've already said it, but if, if you're going to be a business, behave like a business. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're going to be a DJ and you're really a, a DJ isn't, you know, just somebody who's DJing for rappers. Right. A DJ is somebody you might walk down the street and see, you know, so make sure your image is right. Mm-hmm. Don't be all crazy. I, I see these guys, they're crazy on social media. And I know that creates some sort of insatiableness as far as, as their personality or makes right. them seem bigger but we're all people you mm-hmm. know so make sure you your business reflects what what you are okay because uh, you also deselect yourself from opportunities right i think a lot of my success is due to being consistent over the years mm-hmm. like i'm available if you call me i'm gonna call you back most of my early business even to this day is people saying oh I tried to call such and such. They never called me back. So I called you, Amaze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool being your second or third choice. Right. You know, because everybody doesn't get their first choice. And if we, if I, if, if I may, and if you can make a, a, a business and a living that way, mm-hmm. you'll eventually become people's first choice. Okay. They'll appreciate that. All right, cool. So we're going to wrap this up. But of course, you know, can never leave. Let the people leave any, whether it's Team Nitty Radio or Nitty in the City, can't leave any of our productions out. Leaving some kind of word of positivity out there for the people. And y'all already learned that you keep things on deck, even on touch, you don't even know. That's the brunch. So without further ado, tell the people something. Oh, you put me on. I wasn't ready this time. Oh, my gosh. Because you spent the ill bar at the brunch that day. I put it all out. I don't, I don't, I don't have one encompassing thing, unfortunately. I'll give you two next time. Well, you got to at least say peace to the people as peace, well. Peace to the people. You know there's no community without the you. No doubt. And, of course, you know, uh, hey, start living a life that you don't feel the need to take a vacation from. 
and a wise man once said, could have been a woman, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. That had nothing to do with nothing. I just like quote pop culture shit. You sound good. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And that's Nitty and no, actually that's the one-on-one with the one and only DJ Amaze. Hey. Brought to you by the Nitty in the City franchise. And we'll catch you next time. We out. One-on-one with the one and only is presented by the Nitty in the City podcast. All views and opinions expressed by the individuals on this program are those and solely those of said individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of this program, Nitty in the City, or any of its affiliates. The original background music is provided by Lance Chris. Special shout out to the financial supporters of the Nitty in the City podcast. For more information on how you can support Nitty in the City, send email correspondence to Nitty in the City, that's one word, at gmail.com.